Hey, everybody, this is Jimmy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's episode is being brought to you by our sponsor, Humor for Humanity, a social enterprise that I founded a few years ago that raises spirits, funds, and awareness for nonprofits, charities, and social causes. Our mission is your mission, Humor for Humanity. You can find out more information at jimmytingle.com. Thank you so much and enjoy today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please, for the one, the only, Mr. John Tobin. Hello, John. Hey, Jimmy. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much. Great to see you today, pal. Thank you so much. Before I get going, I have to do a little plug. John was gracious enough to have me at the Cabot Theater on Saturday night, March 26th. John Tobin Presents is bringing, that's right, young Jim Tingle into Beverly, Massachusetts, ladies and gentlemen, to the beautiful Cabot Theater. 800 seats. So order your tickets now at jimmytingle.com. So ladies and gentlemen, John Tobin has been a Boston City Councilor for five terms, but I want to just bring it up to the present moment. He's transitioned from five-term Boston City Councilor into comedy. Now, tell me how that happened, John. Well, it's actually, I've been in the comedy business now for 30 years. Um, Wow. I loved listening to stand-up comedy. My parents would always encourage me to do it. My first comedy album I ever listened to was Steve Martin, Wild and Crazy Guy. And I wasn't exactly allowed to listen to that because because uh, it had some swear words on it. Right. But my parents would you know, have parties at the house on Saturday nights down in their finished basement, which was the old garage. And you could just have gales of laughter coming. I wasn't allowed to be in them. I was in my feet pajamas up on the third floor. But <laughs> um, these, you know, laughter and so they go out in the backyard and my father would go out to garden or my mother would be out. I'd sneak down and put the record on just to listen to it. And just was just transfixed by this person who I didn't know what they looked like other than the album cover. We had the bunny ears <laughs> to just stand on a stage, just imagining it in my mind, you know, making thousands of people of strangers laugh to me just seems so powerful. I went to Nick's Comedy Stop the first time in 1986 when I was a junior at Catholic Memorial. It was me, my best friend, Gary Diomedi, and his brother, Peter. And we went to a show. We snuck in. I think you had to be at least 18, maybe 21, but I was 17. We went in there. And we saw Kevin Knox opened it up, DJ Hazard, and then Don Gavin, who I'm from the same street as Gavin, West Roxbury. Uh, we, we graduated from the same high school. And he closed up the show. And then Steve Sweeney came in off the street and did a surprise 15 minutes. And we walked back to the car. I'll never forget it. My life was changed from that moment on. I had never seen anything like that in person in my entire life. There is something electric about being in an audience when one person is on stage just talking freely uncensored, no holds barred, and making people laugh at the same time. You could feel it in the audience. Yeah, you could feel like something special was about to happen Mm -hmm. here. And so I was just part of something special and then working in the clubs and, you know, working with the legends that I knew of. And then this up and coming group, which I didn't know at the time, are going to be some of the biggest names in, in comedy. But it was, you know, people like, you know, Wendy Liebman, it was Gav, it was Sweeney, it was, it was DJ, it was Mike Donovan, Kenny Rogerson, you know, just this whole group of people. And then, you know, the other ones are coming up like Greg Fitzsimmons and Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr and Joe Rogan. And can you believe that, uh, I mean, at the time, did you ever think that Bill Burr would be as big as he is or Joe Rogan would be as big as he is or Dane Cook? Bill and Joe? I did not know. Uh, in fact, I've apologized to them both since. <laughs> Joe and I dated sisters for a brief time, and I was at one of his first open mic nights, and then he was dreadful. 
And on the way home, I was in the backseat with him. The girls were up front. They were driving us home. We had met him there. He was there with his whole family. Yeah. And he said, how do you think? That was like 1988. And he said, how do you think I did? And I said, oh, you're going to be a star. I was being a wise guy to him. You're going to be, you're going to light the world on fire. And then four years later, I'm making $6.50 an hour working with Dick seating people at a comedy club. And who comes walking in but Joe Rogan fresh off a $300,000 holding deal at Disney. Wow. You know? And I was mocking him for, you know. Right. Bill dreadful. And I've since apologized. You know, this, the Chappelle's, the Eddie Murphy's, the Pete Davidson's, those people who arrive at 19 and selling out arenas, those are shooting stars. It really takes 10 years to find your voice and to find out who you are on stage. And so I have a greater realization of that now more than ever. I did know about Dane though. And the only reason I know that is because he was like the hardest working person I had ever met in terms of like, just, he didn't hang around the clubs afterwards, maybe to the chagrin of the other comedians. Uh, he was all business. He was the first comedian I knew who had a car phone. And he called me up and he'd say, he'd already done two shows in Boston. He says, do you have room for me? And I said, yeah. And he would come up 93, fly up 93, and he'd close up. People started coming to the free Thursday show and paying money because they knew Dane Cook was going to be there. Mm. And, uh, you know, he put all his money in, into MySpace. And, you know, he was like a politician in a way. Yeah. You know, he'd do these college shows. And after the show, he would sign every body part, every piece of paper. He worked his base. Right. And that's so much of it. Yeah. So much of it is it's all personally driven. I mean, nobody is going to do the work for you. And you you really grow depending on how much you put into it. How many shows are you doing a week? Are you listening to your sets? Are you correcting yourself? Are you getting rid of bits that don't work or keeping them in? Are you refining? And are you marketing yourself? All of those things, all of those attributes, hugely important. And they make the difference between somebody who's good and somebody who's really great, ultimately yeah. becomes great. Right now, you have how many clubs in the Boston area? So we uh, Laugh Boston, uh, one of the uh, owners of that, along with uh, Norm Lavalette, who also owns the Improv Asylum in, in the North End, and he's got mm -hmm. another one in New York City. And Norm and I have been friends and partners forever, and we run Nick's Comedy Stop and produce the shows there, which to me is a great honor. You got Laugh Boston, Nick's Comedy Stop? Uh, MGM in Springfield, Roar MGM. Comedy. MGM? Yeah. At the casino? At the casino. Okay, great. How is that doing? It's doing, it's, it's making its comeback. I mean, like it was yeah. closed for the last two years and uh, right. it's ramping back up. So we've had several shows in there since and it's it's making its way back. It was running on all cylinders like everything else was before this yeah. night. And right. so, you know, it's 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 coming back. Uh, got a couple of locations in, in Worcester. We've got a place down in Foxborough, the CBS scene uh, down there. We had bought a Connecticut uh, company treehouse uh, back. And yeah. I worked September. with them back in the day, Brad Axelrod. Brad Axelrod, great the guy. Great club. 35 years. So we're trying to get that back up and going. And then uh, became, we opened up, partnered up with a couple other folks who have places in Canada, in the US. So we opened up, we partnered up and opened up a place in Plano, Texas. We've got another one coming up online, hopefully in late April uh, in Detroit. And there's a couple of locations uh, pretty much from the Midwest on that we're hoping to sign deals on pretty soon. And then we do a bunch of one-nighters like at the Cabot, the Schubert Theater, the Norwood Theater, the Denham Community Theater. And you know, private events and things like that. So it's really enriched my life in a way that could never, I mean, the last 30 years, just to meet to meet the men and women from this profession, comedians who are also you know, part of the creative economy of the country. I know some people that are complete introverts 
who have started to do comedy and people go, really? Comedy? You? You don't say two words any right. anytime. And they find that they can be their true selves on stage with the microphone. And it's an amazing phenomena that's just so organic that happened not only in this town, but around the country. And you're playing a big part in that. And I got to say, as a comic, it's awesome. And we're, we're grateful for all the rooms you've started and all the opportunities you're giving people. Now, you just started your newest room is the Off Cabot, which is right next to the Cabot Theater, where I'll be playing on March 26th. What is the Off Cabot going to be like? Uh, it's going to be a, a cool little club, about 100 and, 120, 130 seats. It's up the street from the Cabot Theater. We've been booking the comedy with Casey and his team there for the past several years, six, seven years. And so we just really like each other and uh, and our teams like each other. That's one of the things you just you get to a, a certain age or you advance, you, you get to work with people, you get, you get to pick and choose who you want to work with and people mm-hmm. you like and respect and really don't have time for to be around people that don't enjoy being around. And yeah. so this opportunity came up up the street for this events place, a, a kind of a music, little music hall that went under because of COVID. And it was kind of sitting there and Casey called me up. He said, why don't we take a look at it? And we took a look at it. We fell in love with it and said, let's do this together. Yeah. March 19th is the, uh, is opening night. It's uh, the first show's already sold out. And that's great. We're excited because you get this bandwidth and you get, you almost feel like you've been in this business. You almost have a responsibility to do something with it and to create stages where people can work and people can enjoy themselves. I mean, everybody has problems, either health concern problems, family problems, job problems, you know, money problems. And you go into a club and you're there for two hours and you're there to laugh at silly stuff or different points of view. And even people's point of view that you don't necessarily agree with, but they can make you laugh is a pretty powerful thing. And, you know, that group of people, whether it's a big theater like the Cabot Theater or a small club, that's the only time ever that those group of people will be in the same room together at one time. Right. And laughter, the common denominator and agreeing, or at least temporarily agreeing on this joke is funny. So it's really a great service that you're providing. John, how can people find the clubs? Is it johntobinpresents.com? Is that it? Yeah, johntobinpresents.com. And it has all of our clubs there and the, the theaters that we, uh, that we book, all the information's there. And you know, we're all over social media in the regular places you'd find us. And, you know, we're really excited to present not just you with the, the Cabot Theater, but also all the other shows that we produce and book and manage uh, every week. Just like to bring joy to people. And, yeah, you know, during during COVID, when we were doing shows out in parking lots and in drive-ins and in meadows and things like that, you know, you you would work in 20 times as hard for a nickel, but you almost felt like you had a responsibility to Mm -hmm. show a heartbeat and to bring a little bit of joy to people because everything else the next day was uncertain what it was going to bring it. Either the the social things happening in the country and now, you know, the tragedies around the world were occurring right now, but also the virus and its uncertainty. And and we had a responsibility to our talent, to the comedians to get them up and keep them sharp and give them some hope too. Yeah, keep people working. Well, it's a great service. You've done a wonderful job, John. Five-time city councilor has gone on to be one of the largest producers in New England. And as they expand to Detroit and Texas, be one of the biggest producers around the country, which is awesome. It's given a lot of work to comics, which is really, really critical. Comedy helps the local economy for every $1 spent on a comedy ticket. 
or any kind of entertainment venue ticket. $10 is spent in the surrounding neighborhoods when it comes to the, the restaurants and the pubs and the shopping. So folks, come see us March 26th at the Cabot Theater. I will be performing Jimmy Tingle Live, Humor for Humanity, and visit johntobinpresents.com. That's johntobinpresents.com. You can get information about Laugh Boston, Nick's Comedy Stop, the new theater off Cabot right there in Beverly, uh, the shows out in Springfield, the clubs in Worcester, the one down in Connecticut. It's just a lot of places that you can go, have some fun, enjoy yourself, bring some family and friends. You're going to feel better when you leave one of these clubs because John doesn't book crappy acts. He books <laughs> good people. Not everybody's a superstar, but everybody is working really hard on their craft and they just keep getting better and better. So it's a real tribute to you, John, for the people that you have booked and taken the time to make these places work and taken the financial risk to make these places work. So, folks, help John with his financial risk by coming to my show on March 26th at the Cabot Theater in Beverly. Dinner show combinations. You will love it, ladies and gentlemen. John, thank you so much for joining us. JohnTobinPresents.com. Thanks, Jimmy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to see you. Continued success. You as well. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. This has been a Humor for Humanity production. I am the founder of Humor for Humanity, a social enterprise that raises spirits, funds, and awareness for nonprofits, charities, and social causes. You can find out how we can help you or your organization raise spirits, funds, and awareness for you and yours. Our mission is your mission. Humor for Humanity at JimmyTingle.com. Thank you. Thank you.